Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. It's news flash time with your bestie gals, Madison and Abby. Hello, Mads. Hello, Ab. How are you? I'm doing good. good. How are you doing? Very well. Very, very well. We are about to rock and roll with all these big events. Yes, we are. That we have worked hours upon hours upon yeah. hours on. Yeah. They're about to be here. Isn't that nuts? Shoes of Hope is next week. Ah. As in like, okay, so this is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Four days. Uh-huh. Tuesday, Tuesday. But that Saturday, as they're listening, oh. it'll be tomorrow. You're right. We have three locations. <laughs> I literally like just said that a minute ago and then I Mm -hmm. immediately left my brain. You're right. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. So we have one very end of July, one very beginning of August, and then one in the middle of August. Mm -hmm. So rocking and rolling. Thank y'all for the donations that have come through. Thank you, Madison, for doing such such a diligent job on Wishless Wednesday. We'll do what we can. We got a lot of of help. Yeah. Yeah. Good. We're not going to have to buy a ton, which is really awesome. That is awesome Mm -hmm. that you guys stepped up and helped provide. That was Mm -hmm. wonderful. What else is coming up? Oh, girl. Camp, baby. Ooh. As you're listening to this, dear listener, mm-hmm. camp will start in what, like a week, week exactly? Okay, yeah, week? yeah, it is a Friday. Yeah, as you're listening, the counselors will get there for training Thursday next Friday. Or next so you're Friday listening night. to yep. you're listening to this on Friday. They will be there the very camp. next Friday. Yeah, crazy. So camp is coming up. We were literally like chickens with our heads mm. cut off looking for counselors. Yes. We um. Were. And we now have more than we need, which is never a problem. No, it is not. It is always something that is useful. So we are literally so thankful for everyone that signed up, for everyone that, you know, just just honestly, everyone that heard us begging. Yeah. And uh-huh. just heeded our begging and mm-hmm. just allowed us, mm-hmm. you know, to find counselors. Because, guys, all like we can't. We can't bring the kids without counselors. And we didn't want to have to tell kids they couldn't come because we didn't have enough people. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we are so excited to have enough counselors. But now it's like real. Yeah, it is real. Like camp is, you know, it's happening. And we are so excited. Mm -hmm. And these, our volunteers Mm -hmm. are going to be so blessed by this. And I, and, and it's, it's always exciting again to see the kids Mm -hmm. to, to finally everyone be in one place. Mm-hmm. I'm also like simultaneously excited for our counselors to be there and experience camp. Yes. And and that's that's where campus where I became passionate about foster care. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that this year. Yeah. You know? See it's um up. yeah. Mm-hmm. To have some some nice people who are just dedicated to oh, yeah. children in foster care. Mm-hmm. So Anything else for us this week? I don't think so. It's, you know, it's a lot of prep. Mm-hmm. And we're about to see the fruits of that prep. Uh-huh. And I'm really keep excited. Us in, keep us in your prayers. Ple- yeah. Big All prayers, guys. Mm-hmm. Big, big, long, Please. honking prayers mm-hmm. to the good Lord above. Mm-hmm. Soft yeah. hearts and continual energy. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Who are we talking to today? Ab? We are back with Keisha today. Yeah, we are. She's explaining some of her experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in a way that she can mm-hmm. express the experiences that she's had as a GAL. And um, then opportunities for our listeners to Ooh. get plugged into the GAL. Ooh. And I usually, I think that that is something that they don't necessarily, it's hard to know that's a thing. Right. If that makes sense. Right. If you're not in this world, you're not exactly, going to know about it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or in a legal world. So, right. so Keisha talks about how she got involved with this because mm-hmm. her son is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I don't have any lawyers in my family. I do not either. If I've offended you because I don't know what you do and you are in my family and you are a lawyer, sorry. But mm-hmm. I don't think Perfect. that I have any lawyers in my family. Right. So what do you do? I had never heard of one before I got here. No, I didn't either. Didn't know it was a thing. Uh-huh. So... We're excited to get this information to people mm. who may not know things about the law, the court system, or foster care. So it is it is huge. You're going to know agree. today. You are. Perfect. And without further ado, oh, and we're also, back up. We're also going to hear the poem Ooh. today, too. So Ooh. the G-A-L poem. Phenomenal. Madison, our, our writer is right per. here in front of me. Per. <laughs> Um, so that's also going to be there today. So without further ado, here is Keisha and Susanna and the poem. We're back in the studio this week again with, um, the GAL queen, Keisha Warren and Keisha last week. Thanks for being back with us, by the way. Glad to be back. But, um, right. We left off last week that 78 children in Gaston County don't have a GAL. Correct. So, guys, let me paint a picture for you. That means 78 children in Gaston County don't have a voice when they go to court. So how can that judge make a decision on what's best for that child if that child hasn't had an adult in their life to share that with? And um, that boosts us right back into today's subject, talking about um, not specifics of your cases, but if you can give some examples maybe of what people could expect or maybe your hardest day as a GAL and maybe your best day as a GAL. And um, let's talk about that. I think that, you know, one of the hardest times is when you see a child that with no fault of their own are having to be moved from foster placement to foster placement to foster placement. And that's really hard because, you know, who does the child end up learning to trust? They, you know, they get somewhere, they get comfortable, they're happy there. And then without any notice, um, DSS shows up and it's like, we've got to pack you up and we're moving you. And, And the child gets moved. And sometimes there's not an emergency placement for them. They have to stay over at DSS for the night. Um, and that's really sad. And then everybody's scrambling to find somewhere for them to go. And then we pack their stuff. They're moved again. That doesn't work out at no fault of their own. And all of a sudden somebody shows up and we're moving them again. And that's really hard on that child. And it kind of tugs at your heart because, you know, and then the child's calling and they're wanting to know what happened in court. You know, can I go back? And you have to be the one to tell them, no, you can't go back and you have to explain why. And you know that that's where the child wants to be. But you have to explain to that child why they can't be there and that we're really looking out for their best interest in the long run. I think that's hard for people, the general public, to understand that 
a child that has been abused, neglected, whatever, at the end of the day, have you met a child yet that doesn't just want to go back home and be with their mom? No, I haven't. I mean, it doesn't really matter what mom's done at the end of the day. That's really where they want to be. And so what a hard place for you to be. But thank you for stepping up to that and being able to speak into their lives. Um, so so tell me about some of your hardest times. You know, also, you know, it's when you have a foster family that puts in their notice you know, that they're not going to keep the children anymore. And then you have to explain to, you know, younger children that they're having to move and they don't understand. And I mean, they're standing out in the driveway, just crying their hearts out because they just don't understand why they have to move. Mm -hmm. And you have to try to explain that to them. That is so hard. And you end up crying right along with them because you just can't help it. And they're going to blame themselves. They're going to think it's something I did. And they do. And I mean, I can remember a time when I had two that were, you know, in that mid age, they weren't teenagers, but, you know, they were in school and, you know, they looked at each other and they, they're like, it's our fault. And we're at that age where nobody's going to want to adopt us. And that was just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, so this is a great time to say we need more foster parents, right? Because if we had more foster homes, then there's more opportunities and more um, homes out there for these kids. Um, but you went, let's go back a little bit. You said that sometimes in an emergency, kids will have to go and they sleep at DSS. They do. Well, did you hear our announcement recently, Keisha? I did about the home. Yes. That is amazing. So just, I'm going to plug our, our little house real quick. It's called the Hummingbird House. And um, really, Keisha, for nine years since we started Lisa These, that's been my dream. That's a lot of red tape to kind of figure out how to open this kind of house. And it's not a group home. We never wanted it to be a group home. Um it was just a place where um, social workers could go and take these kids and just pause for a minute, you know, just like, okay. And it's a home environment. The kids can, I mean, flat screen TV, they can watch their favorite show. They can play Xbox. They can read a book, They whatever. There's beds, nice, comfortable beds. And it's just more normal than being hauled off to the DSS office. Right. So um, we're very excited about that. And guys, if y'all want more, if you're listening to this and you hadn't heard of the Hummingbird House, um, reach out to us and we can tell you more about it. But I'm so excited to see how God uses that house. Um, and the Hummingbird House will not just serve Gaston County, it's going to serve surrounding counties as well. Um, so we're very excited about that. So tell me, we've talked about your worst day and it sounds like your worst day revolves around kids moving because that's yes. very traumatic for them. So tell me about some of your best days being a GAL. Well, I think when you see, I got a video of two children who had just found out that they were being adopted and they sent the the foster parents sent that to me and it was so joyful. I just sat there and cried and cried. My husband's like, what are you crying about? And I'm like, I can't tell you, but it's just happy crying. <laughs> and um, I sent it to um, our office and Gerald was like, can I share this with Raleigh? And I got permission from the parents to, for him to do that. But that when those children are adopted and find their forever home, that is the greatest thing ever. 
That is awesome. Have you seen uh, any of the children go back to family and and been a a good, you know, I have. I mean, you know, there are parents that do the right thing and, you know, they do their classes and they step up and, you know, they'll do trial home placement and it works out great and they get their children back. And that is happy, too, because, you know, the goal is to reunite them. Mm -hmm. Being with family is always the best way, you know, it's just sometimes that doesn't work out. Right. Um, and I've seen some children that may not go back to their parents, but they go back to family members. And that's great as well. So, yeah, as you said, reunification is always the goal. Yes. Um, and, and sometimes people don't understand that, but I always try and put myself in that position. And if for some reason DSS showed up and took my child away, I only have one that would be I might would let you take the college age ones if you'll pay for college. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, I would I would want the chance to, you know, redeem myself. You should get a chance to get your I mean, that's a really permanent thing to do to somebody. So it is. We want to give them all the chances or as many chances as we can to reunify if they can. And some parents work really hard. And, you know, you can tell when they're in court and you can see how hard they've worked. And, you know, everybody will be so proud and they're clapping their hands at the end. It's it's really a nice thing. Yeah, it is great. So um, if there's somebody out there thinking I'm kind of on my on the fence about this, like what would you say to them about making that step and and becoming a guardian ad litem? The best advice I can give is that you need to just do it. And when I tell you that when I started, I, you know, wasn't real sure. I thought, I'll see how this goes. But I bet you that these children have done more for me than I've done for them. And I hope that I've done a lot for them. You have done so much for them, Keisha. I really appreciate that. So right now you said there's 78 children without a GEL. And we kind of have an exciting announcement. Um, the trainings are usually at the courthouse, which I've been to the courthouse, like you got to get, you got to like put all your valuables. The sheriff has to make sure you, you, it's a little intimidating. Okay. It just makes me a little uncomfortable when I have to go through the metal detectors. Not that I have anything on me, Keisha, mind you. I'm not like packing <laughs> or anything at the courthouse, but it just like, uh, feels weird. So we talked to the GAL of Gaston County and we said, you know what, why don't y'all use our building? And so on August 15th, that is when we are going to have an orientation. So if you're thinking about being a GAL, right, that's what you come to, that meeting. Correct, yes. Do you know what time that starts? Um, 5.30. Okay. So at 5.30 on August 15th, if you're thinking about being a GAL, that's the orientation. And then how many weeks is training? It is five Thursdays after that from 5.30 till about 8.30 or 9. So 5.30 to 8.30 or 9. And it's five Thursdays, guys. You can These kids are worth giving up five Thursday nights. And they usually feed you. They feed you. They usually feed you. Oh, good. Well, we can help with that, too. We would love to help with that. Um, and also, it's really kind of cool because you're in our space and you kind of get to know that you're not alone in this. When you say yes to being a JL, you know that Lisa these Carolinas is right here for you. And we're going to support you every step of the way. Um, we are going to put the link for signups for JL um, in our podcast notes. 
I think we can do that. And so we will make sure that that happens. So if you are thinking about being a GAL, we're also going to try and get it up on our website. We'll just have to circle back with the, um, the folks um, at the GAL office for that. And um, I'm so thankful that you came on the podcast today, Keisha. Thank you. And we have a poem that um, one of our girls wrote, and it was based off of a survey um, that some GALs, I think you probably filled out that survey as well. And so she took that survey and she wanted to put in words what she felt like it was like to be a GAL. And so without further ado, we're going to let Madison read that poem and we'll just end on that note. It's like climbing a mountain with no peak. I sat through a visitation today and watched their face fall when mom didn't show up. I told them I'd hold on to the pictures they drew for her. I hope they don't gather dust like the others. It's like climbing a mountain with no peak. I found out my kids got moved to a new county last week, and somehow I was left out of the loop. I called social services to try and find out what happened, but when the social worker has 14 kids on their caseload, some things get lost in translation. My kids' favorite colors are forest green and the, and the yellow you see in the sunset. It's like climbing a mountain with no peak. One of my kids told me I'm their only friend that hasn't left yet. Another said I'm the only family that still shows up to their baseball games. It's like climbing a mountain with no peak. Sometimes I wonder what it would be like for my opinion to have any weight. I would fight the whole town if it meant my kids got what they deserved. My kids say that I'm their voice, but sometimes it falls to only a whisper in court. It's like climbing a mountain with no peak. I can't say that I'm climbing alone because the foster parents are right on my heels. I've reminded my kids over and over that they don't have to be a product of their circumstances. I bet their math grade would be better if they could stay in the same school for more than a month. It's like climbing a mountain with no peak. Some things aren't what you signed up for, and some are exactly that. This isn't just an extracurricular activity. It's not something I do in my free time. It's helping pack their bags for the fourth time this year. It's spending four hours making friendship bracelets at DSS. It's knowing that kids I've connected with may never have the life they deserve, but they will always have me. It's like climbing a mountain with no peak, but even still, the view is worth it every time. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, we want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do. 